Thanks for tuning in to Men for the Win, a podcast hosted by David Kufis and Dan Thompson, two avid fans who appreciate well-played baseball, especially when it's done by the Twins. Men for the Win is sponsored by The Grand Group with Edina Realty. Are you looking to purchase a new home in the Twin Cities area? Or perhaps you're trying to sell your current home? Whether you're upsizing or downsizing, The Grand Group with Edina Realty will meet all of your housing needs. Contact The Grand Group by emailing thegrandgroup at edinarealty.com or call them by phone at 612-817-8751. The Grand Group with Edina Realty, three-time Minneapolis St. Paul Magazine Super Agent Award winners. On this episode, David and Dan discuss the Twins' four-game series against the Boston Red Sox. Thanks for listening. Enjoy. Thanks for tuning in to Men for the Win. My name is David Kufis. With me, as always, is Dan Thompson. The Twins lose three of four against the Boston Red Sox at home. Weird series here. The Twins... uh, the Twins had a doubleheader here played on Wednesday and then Thursday and then today's game. And it just, it wasn't good, Dan. And I had all of these great ideas for what we were going to title this episode about how, you know, we lost a sock in the dryer, you know, and how two pairs went in and only three socks came out. But alas, Dan, the title is going to have to be something even worse than that. It's going to have to be two pairs go in and only one sock comes out. Dan, what happened in this series? I don't know that that's going to be the title either, David. We'll figure something <laughs> out. I, um, this, again, a strange series. The doubleheader in the middle, the snow. That was a hard one to really enjoy because of the, because of the doubleheader. I don't, I'm with you there. I'm not loving the doubleheader, David. And the seven-inning doubleheader, I should say. Yes. And just the way that they play. But at least they got the one. I think I'd feel worse if they'd gotten one early and then they're coming off three losses. You know what I mean? I, I, yeah, had they not had they not won today, Dan, I was ready to quit. I I, was I know, so I know. It. I wondered. I wondered if maybe it wouldn't happen. But they won today, and they looked much better today, except for that one eighth inning. So, well, yeah, they, they didn't look that much better today. Well, maybe they? not. No. It that... ended well, though, with a Kepler walk-off. I mean, that's... I, no, Dan. It wasn't, well, it wasn't a great win. I mean, they got the win, but it shouldn't have gone the way that it did. Well, I tell you what. So they're still... They're in last place in the division right now, or tied for last with the White Sox at 6-7. And, seven. and you know who's leading is, the division? Yes, the Kansas City Royals, Dan Oh, Thompson. man. Well, good for the Royals. You know, but they've only played 10 games, at least it, as of recording here. It would not surprise me if this was the exact opposite of what the standings will be at the end of the year. Ooh, that's an yeah. interesting one. So Royal, it's right now it's Royals, Indians, Tigers, Twins, White Sox, and Correct. it could be slip. Huh. Yes, it could be. I mean, granted, I hope the Twins end up on top, but right now, the way that the White Sox are playing, oof, they look like a much better baseball team than the Twins. I mean, Dan, if I had to choose between watching the White Sox-Indians series and watch all those games again or watch these four games, I'd take the White Sox-Indians, not only because of the no-hitter, which I realize he hit a guy, so you don't care. Like, the no-hitter means nothing to you because he hit a guy and let him on base but uh <laughs> it doesn't mean anything to me david i know it's 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 just like another hit a base runner is a base runner is a base runner david. yeah we shouldn't That's have celebrated that was dumb of them to even be excited about it was dumb let's go into the series recap let's do it there mr thompson series recap all right so in game one buxton leaps at the wall doesn't catch the baseball over center field and everybody gasped at least yes. I gasped. Did you gasp? Absolutely. It was scary because he wasn't against the wall when he jumped. That's no. the, that was the scary part is that he had he been against the wall and jumped, I would have been far less concerned. But because he jumped and he made contact with the wall, you know, not not having touched it prior to jumping, that was concerning. It was. And I and do you think that was part of what he I mean, this injury, he's had a, what, a sore hamstring. It's very cryptic. But I mean, at least he's not on, he hasn't been moved to the IL. That's the big sure. thing. 
And so that it might just be the cold. And I mean, he's the guy who's probably running faster than anybody else. If anybody has a right to have tight hamstrings, it's probably Byron Bucks. Well, and this was the first game with a lot of strange lineups, we thought, in this series, partially because of injury and COVID. But this one wasn't because of COVID at this point. There was no Donaldson yet. He came back in game two. But in game one, it's Buxton, Garlic, Garver, Polanco, Sano DHing, and then Arise in the sixth spot. Astadio, Simmons, and Cave. What do you make of this lineup, David? I don't know. I, I was texting with a buddy, and it's like Rocco's just pulling names out of a hat at this rate, Dan. I don't don't quite understand what the thinking is here. The one place I saw from this game, only four strikeouts in the game. That was positive. Sano, did you notice this? No strikeouts, I, David. Yes. No strikeouts. Anytime I see anytime I see a zero in that column for Sano, it's a very surprising day, yes. In, in that way, I guess I was... I don't want to say encouraged uh, by the, I mean, by this loss, the bullpen loses it late. Dobnak gives up a run. Alcala gives up a run. I don't know. This just, again, it felt like a game the Twins could have had. Well, a lot of these feel that way. And Rocco in his press conference, he had said, I forget which game it was after, but he had said that there wasn't a single game this, this season that the Twins have lost that they didn't have opportunities to win. Now the seven to one loss here in this series. Yeah, that one got away from them and they probably weren't going to win that game, but I agree with him with everything else. Every, every other game they've played, Dan they've had a chance to win if we could move to game two yeah so the Red Sox score three in the second the Twins get two back in the third and then the game's over in the seventh inning David and I'm thinking this is a game where man I mean obviously a couple more innings would have changed this game but you're only down a run. I, I was feeling maybe more than last year. I, I think because of the nature of this season, because it is a full season, I don't love it, David. It's dumb for a few reasons. So I've had this argument so many times, it really bothers me. And we had it on the we had it on the show last year a couple of different times, I think, this seven inning rule. So I don't know if I had to pick which one do I like least, the seven inning double headers or the runner on second. Probably the runner on second. If you put me on a lie detector and you said which of these do you like least? I don't know that I would be able to give an answer and know what the truth is, Dan. I'd I'd be more (laughs) curious about the answer than the person asking the question, I'm pretty sure, in that instance, which one I like least. I don't have an issue with the scheduled seven-inning doubleheaders so much. It's these where they're makeups of what was supposed to be a full game, because now, what if a team has four of these over the course of the season? You know, they've played played conceivably fewer innings than other teams. I get that some of this might even out over the course of the year, but it's not level, and this, this throws that off. Well, it does, and... I understand that you can say, well, nine innings is an arbitrary number anyway. Sure. But the thing is, it's not. 90 feet for the base paths. Like, 90 feet, Dan, it's been 90 feet for forever. 90 feet is perfect because how many close plays are there in baseball? On the base paths. So it hasn't changed. It hasn't gotten longer. It hasn't gotten shorter. 90 feet. The game is nine innings. There's a reason behind that. Why do you think they keep pitching stats the way that they do, Dan? Six innings for a quality start, right? Right. So if you're looking at quality starts... You're telling me that games that are seven innings long, a pitcher only pitches six innings, not even two thirds of the game. Like, yeah, it just doesn't, it does not. I mean, the game is not designed to be played shorter than nine innings at this level, right? I get that younger levels, you know, seven innings, five innings. It just, this one bugged me. I guess it is what it is. It is what it is. They should have had more opportunities and that's why it hurt. Like, yes, it's one thing if they had lost the game 10 to one, but you almost wish if they had some sort of a flex rule where it's like, hey, this is a seven-inning game, mm-hmm. but if there's less than three runs between the teams, you play the full nine. That I like. But potentially, we could be talking about a split series here. Uh, yeah, so I mean, this one it just felt like the Twins had an opportunity. And Dan, the same thing happened that you were so upset about a couple episodes again, where Maeda, he's only credited with two earned runs, Dan. But do you know who has the air? I don't it know would be Maeda. It, it would be Maeda with well, a throw. Not even, yeah. Here's the thing. He threw to third, which was not where he should have thrown the ball anyway. He tried to go to third to get the lead runner. I get that. 
but it wasn't even close Dan. the throw wasn't even close I mean first of all but then it wasn't even close to getting the runner out but more and more Dan, I don't know that I had ever thought about this until you mentioned it and now it's all I think about it's <laughs> everywhere <laughs> well, every time a pitcher makes an error because there's a difference between a wild pitch and a passed ball right in yes. the same way I don't understand why we can't make that exception for pitchers if they have an error then it's on them. I can understand there's a philosophical argument, somebody's going to make it, that, well, once he's into the field, he's a fielder, and he's no longer really the pitcher so much in, in that sense. He's one of nine guys at that point. But, so but I get that, that argument. That's not, that's not necessarily even what you're arguing, though, right? No, like You're arguing no. that, sure, you can still credit him with a fielding error, but what you're saying is that it should still count against his ERA. I think so, because it's him who did it. So you're not, no. you're not totally shifting things. The only thing you're saying that's different is that in ERA can be impacted by an error if it's committed by the pitcher. Well, I'm going to send that to the commissioner and, and see what he says. The more, the more that you've talked about it and the more I've been thinking about it, I think it makes a lot of sense. If they're going to have seven inning double headers, then they can sure change the earned run rule to reflect errors by the pitcher. I think that's Absolutely. only reasonable, David. Absolutely. Okay, well, anyway, we just had to talk about that because, again, Dan, I hate to give you so many kudos sometimes. It's been but great lately. You've the Buxton been, you've stuff. You've been on it I know. recently? Been yeah, on. it's yeah. rough, but anyway, let's, yeah. let's go ahead. Tell me what happened in game three here, Dan. So game three, so the Red Sox, actually the Twins had the lead here for much of the game. They led for four innings. Uh, it's one nothing going into the top of the fifth, and then the wheels fall off. The Red Sox get six. I believe they got most of that with two outs. They, uh, it was man, Verdugo is. I the Twins are going to be seeing him in their sleep for a long time. He had he had a home run, a three run homer in this game, and and then he had. We'll talk about it in Game Four. Garver's leading off again. Another strange lineup, but Donaldson's back. Donaldson actually finished a game, so I feel good about that at least. It was crazy, but if you notice, uh, I don't want to foreshadow too much about some of my Mauer's musings here, but yeah, this game got out of hand, and it's one of those things where they put a graphic on the screen during the game today. Through the first four innings in run differential, the Twins are like in the top three, but but outside of those innings, they're like 19th or something, because they can't seem to put runs on the board at the end of games. Now, granted, today's a little bit of an outlier, but that's pretty much rung true so far this season, Dan, not only when they need to catch up, but even when they're in the lead. Well, especially when they already had the lead, right? We'd be uh, the Mariners yes, series would yes. have gone very differently if the Twins correct, would have correct. attacked on an ins- like even a couple insurance runs, and and they're not even going to extras. So that is troubling. It's only thirteen games, right? Um, you know, teams find ways to lose games, but the uh, the one for twenty four with runners in scoring position in these Ugh. first three games. I know that got better in game four, but that's that's pretty dang bad. Um, and we'll talk about other reasons why we think that happened too. Um, I also think the absence of Simmons really flustered them in some sense yes. for this series because it, it caused a lot of roster shuffle. Um, JT Riddle is playing in these games when he wasn't expected to. Thank goodness that St. Paul is only a short light rail ride away at this point where they can be shuttling guys over. Um, I think that that's been a boon for the Twins in so many ways. Because how many times was it like, Jake Cave's got to make that morning flight from Rochester least they don't have to do that yeah I think that it does show sort of the lack of depth that they have at shortstop the thing that bothered me in this game was well okay Barrios was poor this is not like super out of the ordinary for Barrios no typically when he's off he's off early and you can tell he just doesn't look right and so it's one of those things where early on I think teams you know obviously they do their research on pitchers if they see you can get to Barrios early you're probably going to knock him from the game when Duffy got those first two outs, I thought, oh my goodness, he's going to work out of this jam. And then he gave up the runs, and then it kind of fell apart for him, which was a little disappointing that he couldn't he couldn't put it all together. Because I thought, what a momentum shift had Duffy been able to come in and shut the door with the bases loaded, and he just couldn't get it done. And I get it, that's a, I mean, that's 
the worst possible situation for a guy to come out of the bullpen into. And he handled himself so well, and I was so excited, and then it just all kind of deflated, Dan. The only guy in this series who made it through five innings was Michael Pineda. Yes. Um, and, and I guess that's a, a way to transition into game four, uh, where the Twins do win. They finally get a win in this series. Ends the, the Red Sox winning streak, I believe, at nine games is what they yes. got up to. This one, I hey, did you notice Sano hit a home run? Yeah. Oh, don't even get me started. You wanna... again. Yeah, I, said, <laughs> I think I'm gonna. Notes, I'm gonna get on, you started. Hang on, folks. There. Hang on, folks. Here's. I have to say this. So Dan put in the show notes. Sano home run. All is forgiven. What, what, there was a what? question mark. There's a question mark after the forgiven. <laughs> what are you talking? How well do you know me that you think all is forgiven because he just, hit one home run? I just thought I'd get you going. So, you, so it's not all forgiven. No, for it's Miguel not Sano? all forgiven. You can't. No. You can't strike out a million times, take a couple of walks, hit one home run, and then everything is just fine. That's not. It was an important home run. It was an important home run. No, my. Yes, it was. No, I'm not denying the importance of the home run, but I'm saying it makes no difference if he does that. What's the trade-off, Dan? How many strikeouts are you willing to sit if he hits a home run every now and again? Well, he didn't strike out today either. That was two games this series. He did not strike out. Actually, three if you count the one he didn't play. So, um, <laughs> so no has three? a better all... chance of not striking yeah. out in those games. Certainly, yes, I would. Well, agree. and I should say, sorry, he actually he did he did play in game two and he and he struck out as a pinch hitter. No, um, so, <laughs> so maybe that's not my best argument. Well, okay, but only no, but only two good. strikeouts this series. Only two strikes. Okay, to go back to that, I'm going to talk about something. Well, no, you know, whatever. For sure, we'll talk about that a little bit later. But pinch hitting Sano in a situation where you need a guy to make contact. What are you doing? You know who we should put up there? Let's put the guy who likely won't make contact. Like it's not just like a. It's not like a. Oh, he's not the best contact hitter. It's like no. The chances that he doesn't get a hit are far greater than almost anybody on the roster at this point, Dan. So rather than pinch hit for Riddle, you would have you would have no, just let Riddle hit. I would have just let Riddle ride it out. Got see it. how it goes. Well, nevertheless. Game four, the Twins win. They get a walk-off hit from, of course, Max Kepler, of who course. seems to have every walk-off hit. Uh, they end the series happily. Boston's three-run eighth inning where, you know, I just felt like they were going to get another hit. Uh, Verdugo comes in with a bases clearing double with two outs in the eighth to tie the game at three. But then the Twins get a couple runners on in the ninth. And after Cruz strikes out, Kepler bloops a single to center. This this was great for Pineda. Pineda looked good, man. And it wasn't just that he was he was working all over the zone. And he just never seemed to leave anything hittable for guys to, to play with. And so it was great watching him pitch. I love when he does those high fastballs out of the zone. And there must be some movement or his release point or something. But how many swinging strikes he gets out of the zone, like north of the zone, is crazy to me. Yeah, he's got 18 innings this season, 10 hits allowed, 3 walks. Uh, 17 strikeouts, almost just strikeout an inning. That's uh, oh, that's encouraging. Yeah, it's it's fantastic. All right, well, let's move in to our segments here. We got to do the uh, the Puckett's picks winner. Catch them all, Kirby Puckett. Puckett's picks winner. The the listeners took a rise for this series. Uh, Dan, you took Buxton, a reasonable pick, but had you known he wasn't going to play three games, uh, that might not have been the case. And then I took Cruz. So Buxton and Cruz, Dan, each came in with a very solid two points, solid performances on each account here. But the listeners took a rise, and a rise had eight points. So, Dan, season standings, can you believe it here? The listeners are better off, Dan. They are two and two, and you and I are both one and three. Well, it shows what we know. Well, should we, uh, let's push forward to Beast versus Bench. Beast versus Bench. It's losing fun is losing fun looking at the notes here we've got very different this will be good yeah i have a rise a rise was my beast uh the four for five game today did it for me uh there was a, a time when he had half the twins hits he ended up with four <laughs> ninths of them a big two run scoring hit 
a run at the end. Uh, he's my guy. We, we brought this up last episode. That guy should be leading off. I don't care whether it's a righty or a lefty on the mound. Just put a rise in the starting spot. If he's in the game, he should be leading off. It shouldn't even be a question in Rocco's mind. I think he was the reason they won today, aside from perhaps your pick here for Beast. Uh, yeah, so I took Pineda, actually, and I don't like to do this typically, especially in a four-game series where a guy only played one game, but he was so good and it was so important for the Twins to get back on track with a win here that his performance deserves the Beast moniker. If there was ever a series when it was apparent that a starting pitcher was so important to this team, uh, just the difference between Pineda's start and the other three was vast. Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, that They get one one more great start like Pineda, and it's a and it's a split series, and I think we're feeling okay. Yes, um, yeah, I I 100% agree here. So who do you have on your bench? I have Estudio on my bench. I just thought he was so ineffective. I watched enough of his at bats this series that I was frustrated by his inability to just take a couple pitches. Don't teams know that he's going to swing at that first pitch, and they're not going to give him a good pitch to swing at? And if he makes contact, he's often just going to ground. I don't. And we would just we had just talked about him um, an episode or two ago, and I said that I was eating my words a little bit because he kept performing. But I will say what I said a, a while back rings true that the more at bats he gets the less effects and i right. just think it's <laughs> right. i just think it's because he has he has a very low ceiling and so he can perform well but it's going to be on the rare occasion and that's why i don't like him in the lineup unless he's really either an emergency fill in or the third catcher in a worst case situation who's your bench yeah so i put sano on the <laughs> on the bench believe me i it or not. just i just I, can't believe that this series okay. i don't get it go oh, ahead defend oh, your choice okay here's my deal so i think it's it's so easy to forgive a guy because he had one important play. This was a four-game series, Dan. And I understand that this series was better. Don't get me wrong. It was better compared to what he's done thus far this season. Still not good. Still not major league caliber. And so it drives me nuts. You're you're laughing at my pick because you think that, I am. You I'm think that this was such pick. a good series for Sano. And it's like, I, yes, if that's I the think stand, it was a better series. It was yeah, a better series. It was a series better series, him. but that's the problem, Dan. Your standard is so low for him. How many times have we said if he doesn't strike out every at bat, that's that's the bar. Like that's well, what we're happy it, about. Wasn't it great listening to Dick and Justin Morneau talk today about it? I mean, like, it, it's all, if, if that man just does anything except strike out, it's a win for them, right? <laughs> well, like, it's, it's just so funny because it's like, how many times, every time Sano comes up, you, you hear Justin Morneau go, you know, he's thinking, you know, it's just, you got to forget about all those other at-bats. Those ones don't matter anymore. You just got to think, you just need one good at-bat to turn things around. It's like, no, Justin, those other at-bats do matter. Do you see that this team is under 500 right now? And Sano has played a pretty, major part in that being the case oh yeah those other bats don't maybe they don't matter to Sano maybe they should matter and he would understand that he needs to hit the ball Dan. well okay I'm looking at his walk numbers he's got 12 walks on the year now David this is my this is my weekly no uh, update on Sano 12 walk he's getting on base for his on base percentage is 308 David oh, which God. looks pretty good compared to his 100 batting average so um <laughs> that's 100 I don't know why I said it like that um so I, I guess it's progress. 18 strikeouts in 40 at-bats now on the season. Okay, under 50%. Congratulations. Under 50. Uh, congratulations. So I just think Astudio was less useful in this series than Sano. Uh, that may be the case, but I think the the weight that is on Astudio to be a good player is so much less than it is on Sano. And that certainly weighs into my inkling. And that's why, like, even last episode when you put Cave on your bench, it's like, yeah, but Cave isn't, like, your guy. Like, you're not expecting he, he seems Cave to, to be. perform. Well, <laughs> they <laughs> seem to be expecting Cave <laughs> yeah, to perform now. Yes, that's fair. He does seem to have to be, a, you know, the guy right now. All right. Well, let's, let's start second-guessing Rocco instead of ourselves. Rocco's yeah. real. <laughs> 
Rocco's Rewind. All right, so I'm going to, I'm Mr. Positive today, apparently, because they win one game and I'm Rosie again. <laughs> so I thought it was fascinating to watch this game four here. The way that he moved guys around the field at the end of that game. Luis Arise, by the way, made me eat some words about left field. He had a beautiful catch in left field. Yes. Or at least it looked beautiful. I don't know if, you know, position. I, I realize sometimes guys dive and make a great catch. And it's like, well, if you would have just been faster, uh, <laughs> you wouldn't have had to dive. So well, I, I promise that, that was the case but, with Arise. But, but he, so Arise played left. Then he moved to third and then second. Polanco played second and short. Estadio, I guess he was pinch hit for and then Garlic came in. But even Sano moved to third at the end of the game. Uh, and Garver played first. I just thought it was a good show of the versatility even shorthanded of the way that this lineup um can be put together so i, I guess i appreciated that um and and again arise playing some left i mean man you can put that guy just about anywhere on the field and he looks at least competent defensively um and i just wouldn't that be hard moving around the field as much as he is I, he just must have a great understanding of the game what about you what are your thoughts on rocco this week yeah, don't get me started on the pinch hitting mess by bringing in Sano. I would have much rather. Oh, I had... think we should get you started I, on. That. I, just... I don't want to get you worked up. Here, so. I just I think that it was silly to bring in Sano in a situation where you need to have contact. And honestly, part of this I think has to fall on Rocco. Like, granted, the players need to execute, but I think that that Rocco is still in a 2019 mindset that this team is going to win games by the long ball. I said at the beginning of the season that I don't think that this team can be as reliant on the long ball because they don't have the capability that they had in 2019. And that's proving to be true. And Rocco needs to change the way that he's managing to understand you need to manufacture runs, especially in these games where you're losing by one or two runs. You got to be able to move runners like they need to understand not every time you're coming up to the plate are you trying to hit a home run. And that's just not that's not the signature of what this team is going to be this year. And this this stems back to the discussion we were having about the extra innings rule and how the Twins are never able to move that runner over. And how many times in this series did we see it where a guy gets in scoring position and the Twins couldn't move him over to third or they couldn't get a sack fly to get a guy in? I think they had one run on a sack fly from uh, Garlic. But it's one of those things, Dan, where I think Rocco needs to change the mindset and he needs to help the players understand when the team needs a home run and when the t- team needs needs them to focus on just advancing runners i mean i i watched just a touch of a i think it was a reds giants game or something like that and there were multiple instances just in the 15 minutes i watched of a guy laying down a bunt or moving a runner over i yeah. think there's there's still that american league mentality i think that is just a little bit different than the national league um there's something about just moving guys around you you got to be able to do that you got to have the ability on your roster to manufacture a run when you need one yes what about your Minnesota moment. Yeah. Minnesota moment. I mean, is there anything to say other than Kepler's walk off? I mean, I think that's the easy one. So, so I'll say, yes, that was great. It was really exciting. Very important for the team to get that win. But I think that the moment I'm going to choose, Dan, is an interesting one. When Cruz came up today, he came up with the bases loaded. The pitch comes in, it's a little inside, and he definitely, Dan, he definitely sticks out his elbow to get hit by the pitch. <laughs> like, it's not, it's not, I mean, he gets called for it, too. They give him a strike, and they call him back to the plate, like, as he's trying to trot down the first baseline. <laughs> it's so funny to me that you have a seasoned veteran like Cruz, bases loaded, a moment the guy lives for, and he just kind of, eh, I'll just stick the elbow out. And see what happens. That's kind of like my little league days, you know. Like, how can I get on base? I'm just worried about getting on base. If it, I'm, I'm happy to take the walk. Um, and it should be pointed out too. This was interesting because uh, John Boy Media, it's a YouTube channel. The guy does uh, baseball breakdowns and like interesting plays and whatnot. So he broke down a play in the Mets game uh, where where Michael Conforto does the same thing, and it's a walk off hit by pitch. 
but he he uh, definitely sticks out his elbow and the manager got tossed i forget who they were playing but it's just really funny to me that like the guy definitely sticks out his elbow cruz tries to do the same thing no such luck with cruz though boy yeah my minnesota moment is is going to be a little unconventional i'm going to say the first three innings uh of the baseball games because they all looked pretty good after the first three <laughs> innings in game four it was two nothing twin in game three it was one nothing twin uh in game two oh it was three two two red Sox. Ooh. um and then in game one it was two nothing twins so these all looked great and i think that was a key difference in in this series versus some of the other ones well no i'm gonna take that back this looked like pretty much every other game we've seen from the twins <laughs> yes. this season except that the red Sox were just a better team I, I think we just saw the best team that the twins have played so far and they were able to get some runs late in the game and where other teams just weren't able to you know i had a buddy text me after game one and they're like you know what maybe this team isn't as good as as we thought they were i do think that this team is good and i don't think there's any real reason to panic even after this sort of bad string of games but this kind of leads into the Mowers musings here i just don't know how it can get any better Mowers musings the question is dan will donaldson cruz and buxton ever play together is that ever going to happen this season are we going to see it because many would argue uh, me being among them that donaldson cruz and buxton on the field this team is a force to be reckoned with two of three or more often than not what we've seen one of three it's not going to get the job done dan for this team to come away with more victories than losses well there is a chance right that if buxton's hamstring injury really is is just a short-term thing potentially at some point in this Angels series. I think we could see all three of them. So, I, yeah, I think we will. I, I think the question is how many times, yeah. which I maybe is the heart of your question. I, well, it is um, because they're being so careful with Donaldson. They're being they so are, careful with him. And I understand that he's nursing his hamstring and whatnot, but sooner or later, you got to trot the guy out there because if you're so timid, it's one of those things where if you don't make a decision, then you're just like, you're paralyzed, right? You're paralyzed by the idea of putting him in so you don't do anything. Sooner or later, we got to start using the guy we've spent all this money on, Dan. You would think so. And, and, it's hard because they don't have a lot of depth right now when, with Simmons out, and that really takes away from their inf not there. Correct. Yeah. So what do you uh, what do you got for your Mowers musings? Well, so mine, so my musing, I'm kind of lumping Kepler, Polanco, and Donaldson together in this absence of power. And I know you talked about how they may not be able to be a team that's going to win with power, but those guys don't have any home runs. They got no home runs from Kepler or Polanco or Donaldson yet. And the team as a whole just has three in the last seven days. And you got to think if they get one or two home runs more in that series, they're going to win. They win three out of four. And so it's very different without those guys hitting well. I know Donaldson wasn't playing much of that series. I get that. But I think the fact that Kepler and Polanco really haven't gotten going yet, um, that's troubling to me. And so I wonder, you know... are they gonna? I mean, Polanco's hitting 157, Kepler's hitting 205, and those are two guys that they are really counting on to be in the core of the lineup. It's it's a fair question. Like I said, I'm not as focused on that. I think that they just need to get more runs across the plate. If they do it by home runs, great. But I think more or less they got to start changing their mindset a little bit just to score the dink and dunk runs. Um, series grades, sir. <laughs> series grades we're sort of a broken record here dan but i think we both gave them a d it looks like and we i did just like last time david i didn't i don't know how to give them anything different i mean it's hard to give them an f when they win a game i mean granted i think i've done it in the past don't get me wrong because sometimes <laughs> it's just so abysmal and even this i mean to only to have to get to the to the ninth inning and get a walk-off hit in a game that that probably shouldn't have been the case i think a d is what you can give them and i mean you can't argue with me it should be anything higher right no, I think I think the only way that you could make the argument, it would be that the Red Sox are actually a pretty good baseball team. And they ran into a very hot baseball team at a bad time for their tw- for the Twins lineup, right? Yes. With all yes. of these injuries and COVID. Um, so I think you can make an argument there that maybe Boston is just a really good baseball team. And to win one out of four against them is not such an egregious sin. 
But then the Twins expect to win all of their home series, you would think, regardless well, of the opponent. That's the other thing, too. I do wonder how much the weather played into it, but it's hard to make an argument like that because it's not like the Red Sox were playing in, in some sort of sunny Southern California and the Twins were playing in Minneapolis. <laughs> this was not a Zoom baseball game, yeah. right? Um, <laughs> they didn't do that. Um, so I that's the only argument I could make. But uh, but yeah, I, I think it's got to be a D. Uh, we, we, just, we expected more out of this team in this series and in this homestand. Certainly. Should we push forward here to Puckett's pick? And we'll see you Puckets picks. So we have the Angels series coming up here. The Angels are one of those teams, Dan, that it just feels like they should be better every season than they end up being. They have Mike Trout. It's just so funny to me that it's like the A's are always better than you think they should be, and the Angels are always worse than you think they should be. It's like California can't figure out what their sports teams should. Well, and the Dodgers are going to be perennial contenders at least for the next five years probably. Do you remember when the Angels were like a really good baseball team? I mean, that they were the they were like the scrappy, like the, like the piranhas. Of this of the California, you're laughing at five. Do you remember when? Aren't you? That's what you're laughing okay. at. No. So the the listeners always get to choose first for Puckett's picks. Again, folks, if you're new to the program, basically Dan and I each get to choose a player that we think is going to excel in the next series. The listeners also get to make a selection, and they always get to choose first. And so what the listener wrote in Dan for this one, I just loved it so much. They said, "Can you say Sano is the listener's pick?" And then after you mock that pick by the listeners, can you say? Yeah, but do you remember the home run he hit today? <laughs> hey, that, that, hey. that was what the listeners oh, wrote man. in then, which I thought, oh, man, uh. I laughed. I laughed pretty hard here. But so that was uh, in jest. But they said it would just be it would make their day. So, uh, yeah, to the listener out there who made that suggestion, thanks so much. That was uh, it gave me a good laugh here. So uh, the listeners will take Cruz, though, which is a much better pick, in my opinion, than Snell. So the loser between us always gets to pick first among us, Dan. And it's interesting. This is one of the situations where the tiebreaker actually is going to work against you because <laughs> because we tied Cruz and Buxton each had two points but Cruz had more strikeouts so you actually took the victory between us so, so it means I have to pick after you so yes you get to I get to, I get to pick first congratulations to me so unbelievable all Cruz right Cruz is off the board and this is this isn't as simple just to pick Buxton because I don't know that he's going to play now granted they're going to move to warm weather I think he's likely to be in hmm. I'm thinking about this now Dan I'm just wondering about the ramifications of my pick here all right I'm excited for that i yes you, you gotta do it you can do it right you can do it i'm not taking sano if that's what you're okay that's what i thought you were gonna do <laughs> no no that's not gonna be a name on my lips in the near future here for puckett's pick sano is not gonna be my pick i'm gonna do it Give me Buxton. I, I, the, my only argument was potentially to play Donaldson, but I think it's more likely that Buxton is going to play uh, more often than Donaldson in this series, even if his hamstrings are a little tight. Who do you got? I got Sano. I'm taking him. I said no. it. Yes, I'm doing it. Because because I believe in Justin Morneau. I don't think he's just a, sh- a schlepper <laughs> for Bally Sports broadcasting. I think I think it's the real deal. I think Sano's turning it around, and he's, he's only going to strike out three times, and I'll take the negative three points. Uh, Latroy Hawkins will be in the booth with dick bramer and not to pick on dick anymore but today this bothered me you are you're so gonna go much. pick on I, him again I am, you okay. can't say not to pick on dick and then do it you just you're doing it I, okay here's the deal so the the red Sox are up to bat they have a runner on first 
And the Twins are up 3-0, which is not an insurmountable lead, especially considering how the Twins have blown leads late this season. And the, the Red Sox steal second base, and Dick Bramer's like, oh, well, the Twins don't care about that. They have a 3-0 lead. What are you talking about, Dick Bramer? What are you talking? That's just stupid. What are you talking about? Oh, the Twins don't care about that. They're not up 10-0. There's no defensive <laughs> indifference with a team that continually loses games in the ninth inning. And What, what, inning, okay, what inning was this? I think what inning was this? Was this? the sixth or the seventh or something it's just ridiculous to me that this is even a conversation that oh yeah the twins don't care about that defensive indifference for a team that has lost in the ninth <laughs> inning in so many games this season i just beyond me dan so yes yes you know what you're right i'm not gonna say not to pick on dick bramer pick on dick bramer he deserves to be picked on he's making all sorts of mistakes this season and it's not just mistakes like he says the wrong name or he says the wrong count it's that his baseball acumen is negative at at this point in my mind all right. Well, if Dick Bramer is listening, I'm sorry Dick, uh, for my, <laughs> no, for my co-host here. I'm sure he's here. a lovely guy, and he does a great job most of the time, but some of his takes this season have been absolutely ridiculous. Well, that's fair enough, David. All right, I think you better send us out. Yeah, I would. If I, let me calm myself down here. And then All I, right, give it a try. I'll do so. Uh, well, folks, if you like what you hear, please tell a friend. You can follow us on Twitter, at Men for the Win, and find our Men for the Win Facebook page. Make sure you're subscribed to the podcast to be notified when new episodes are available. And if you leave us a rating, that would be great. Thanks so much for listening, and as always, go Twins. That'll wrap up another episode of Men for the Win, a podcast hosted by David Kufis and Dan Thompson, two avid fans who appreciate well-played baseball, especially when it's done by the Twins. Thanks so much for listening, and as always, go Twins!